Hello and welcome to the Men and Lupus podcast. The show that talks about lupus, its friends and the effects they have on men. My name is Michael and I'm your host. Today's episode is about how I found out I have lupus. I want to start by talking briefly about vitiligo, which is something I mention a number of times in this episode. Vitiligo is an autoimmune illness that is very serious on those who have it. It has a bad effect on physical and mental health. It really bugged me when a doctor referred to vitiligo as it's only vitiligo. Thankfully, not all doctors are like that, but it's annoying that some professionals refer to an autoimmune illness as an it's only or it's just. We will at some point be doing an episode on vitiligo to go through the similarities and differences and the impact they both have. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss when that one comes up. Before my diagnosis in 2016 with discoid lupus erythematosus, also known as DLE, I had been showing a number of indicators through symptoms I was having. At the time though, they were not linked by my doctors to lupus. And in fact, I didn't even know what lupus was. The chain of events and symptoms that led me to my diagnosis reminds me of a jigsaw puzzle. It was only when all the pieces were put together that you could see the whole picture. Unfortunately, with illnesses like lupus, even when the whole picture is in front of them, it can still be hard to see for the professionals, especially if they are not listening to what we are saying about how we are feeling. Another way I can describe diagnosing lupus is it's like an optical illusion where you see one picture, but on looking really closely, you can also see another. They are one and the same, but also different. If you want an actual visual of that, go into your browser and type in optical illusion pictures. You'll find lots of different examples of pictures in pictures, and some of them are really good pieces of art. If a medical profession in general just put aside their own dismissive opinions, they may find that by far it is easier if we are listened to. Thankfully, not all are like that, but a high number are. This is something many people I have spoken to who have lupus actually experience themselves. We all crucially need to have a doctor who knows about lupus or is prepared to do their own research into what they see we have and we say we feel, which is exactly what my partner's doctor did and was how they found out that I have lupus instead of my own doctor at the time, who unfortunately did not do the research and did not listen to what I was saying about my own health. The information is actually all there, but they have to believe us instead of treating us like we do not know what we are talking about or think that it is in our heads. It is something I was very annoyed about until recently when I started to take a different direction mentally. I was blessed my partner's doctor was a good person and would ask how I was doing even though he did not have to. He was very instrumental in me finding out I have lupus. He was the one who pointed me in the right direction. 
my own GP at the time, was one of those dismissive doctors and I wanted to change practices. Changing practices, though, is a different level of complicated. Quick question. How do you find discussing your lupus with your doctor? Now, there were a few things that led up to how I found out I have lupus. And I'll start with a little background on what they were and it leading to me getting checked out and ultimately diagnosed with DLE. Around 1995 was when my weight started taking a nosedive as it dropped from 16 and a half stone, which is uh, 104-ish kilos, 231 pounds of um, a trained athletic physique down to 10 stone, which is around 63 and a half kilos, uh, 140 pounds of skin and bones within a year. And 10 stone is quite skinny for someone who is six foot two or 188-ish centimeters. Mentally, I was already in a bad place and it was made worse because I did not like the weight loss and how it made me look as none of my clothes fitted anymore and it made me feel even lower. That was actually where I made one of my errors of judgment because I ignored the weight loss through denial and did not go to see a doctor. Although when I did eventually go a few years after and see my doctor, it really was not worth the effort because it was not helpful. Thankfully, not everyone has a doctor like the one I had at the time. Listen, gentlemen, if you feel ill, get it checked out. Even if it will cost a day's wages, being ill and not taking care of that illness could cost a lot more than that. So take the time you need to see a doctor. Back then, which is the 90s, most of us would do just that. Just put illnesses to the back of our minds and kept going. Like the saying goes, a stiff upper lip. This is something men are taught to do through society and by some parents from when they are a child growing up. In reality though, the longer we ignore our illness and put off getting it checked out, the harder it gets to go to get it checked and the worse it can become. So make sure you go and get yourself to your doctor if you have a health problem. Do not ignore it. As I mentioned earlier, these actually were some of my early lupus signs. And because I knew nothing about lupus or depression, I missed connecting the dots. It was also because I did not pursue medical assistance in the way I should have. Was you ever taught something similar growing up? In the society you lived in, to ignore your health and keep going no matter what you was feeling? At first my hair began falling out on my head before happening on some other parts of my body. I knew it was not hereditary as my dad still had all of his hair and there was no history of hair loss in my family. Again, instead of getting it checked, I shaved off the rest so no one would notice. <laughs> in my mind though, I started to wonder if my partial hair loss was spread to the rest of my body completely, rather than in patches. Now fortunately for me, it was just in sections of my body. 
but it was still very concerning and stressful seeing my hair disappear. I also began to notice little white spots on my body, which in some cases were getting bigger. The first spot that I actually saw was on the top of my head, where the hair started going. That one grew bigger, plus began to get very sore and red. The skin in that area would dry and peel, and would in some parts seep. It was all very sensitive and tender to touch, so I began wearing a do-rag to hide it from people around me. Family, friends, work colleagues, strangers. It was after seeing the spot on my head growing in size that I began looking at my body for others, which I started to find on my arms, legs, stomach. I was able to hide most of the spots on my body, only wearing long sleeve clothes and no shorts, regardless of how hot it may have been at the time. People would say, aren't you hot in there? To which I would usually reply, no, I'm all right, thanks. Well, actually, I was hot, but I needed to hide all the spots that were appearing on my body and how it all looked. I also didn't like how I looked with my weight, as I mentioned earlier. So the clothes I wore was to keep that from people too. Hiding the weight wasn't as easy as the spots because I just looked like a skinny person wearing clothes too big for me. Curiously, though, covering up was a good thing or as I like to say, a blessing in disguise, as it was protecting my skin from UV rays and the sun. I was finally able to see my doctor after a new receptionist gave me an advanced booking, which I was able to arrange for an afternoon I had off at the time. After about 10 minutes, he diagnosed me with depression and alopecia and prescribed me some medication for depression didn't refer me to any specialists and just told me that once the medication starts to work, everything will be fine. As he's supposed to be the expert, I decided to give his advice a go, although I knew there was something more going on, but I just got on with things, expecting a medication to do wonders once in my system. That was another mistake on my part, as his view was not the case for me. One of the problems was having years of laying down at bedtime and being unable to sleep properly as my head was in pain. This is because when the patch on the top of my head touched a pillow, it would hurt more than normal. I went to my doctor's surgery again and saw one of the available doctors there. I showed her the patch and other spots and she was very puzzled. So called in the senior partner of the surgery who had a look and said it was nothing. It was probably just a bit of vitiligo and should pass. The doctor I had the appointment with even asked him if she should refer me to a specialist and he said there was no need. Just continue with the medication he originally prescribed which was the depression medication and I should be okay. I told him I would prefer to be referred to a specialist but he did not agree. I walked out of there pretty annoyed and couldn't accept his diagnosis. Unfortunately, as he was the main partner of the surgery and it seemed like none of the doctors there were going to overrule him, even though in reality they should have questioned it, yes, doctors should question a diagnosis or treatment that they feel is incorrect or that needs further examination. But in reality, how many actually do? Maybe they did discuss it behind closed doors, but it didn't change anything for me at the time. So... 
After a few months on the depression medication, the side effects were getting to me, so I had to stop taking them. During the day, for instance, when I was working, I was like a moody zombie. And at night, I was wide awake and couldn't sleep, which was a nightmare for me as I was already having trouble sleeping. During the time I was taking the meds, I was getting about two or three hours sleep. Went to see my doctor and explained what I was experiencing on the medication. But he would not give me anything else to try or any other options. So I had to just get on with things, as you do. He even asked me what I wanted to do about it, which was a peculiar thing for a doctor to say. But I thought, to be honest, he was having a laugh and should be on stage. <laughs> At first, I was really angry at what he had said but after a while was kind of pleased he did not give me any other medication to try you see not taking any more made me start to look for other ways of dealing with my depression myself but not my lupus as i had not been diagnosed with that yet curiously helping my depression would help my lupus as depression is a flare trigger and so is anger also a flare trigger among other things. I tried getting myself referred to hospitals which have specialist units for skin treatment but couldn't get seen without a doctor's referral. Catch 22 as they say. As my partner has her own illnesses to deal with I would accompany her on some of the appointments she would have. At first her doctor noticed how slim I was but couldn't see the hair loss on my head due to me always wearing a dewag. At another time on a later appointment she had with her doctor, he saw the patch on my eyebrow and asked me what had happened. So I explained to him that the patch appeared from a small spot that got bigger, telling him what my doctor had said and that I was unhappy with the diagnosis and that I am chasing it up. In 2016, I went to meet my partner at one of her appointments after work and her doctor asked me how my treatment was going as he assumed I had been diagnosed and could see the patch on my eyebrow and eyelid had gotten bigger and was quite red. Sorry, I forgot to mention the way I got the patch on my eyebrow and eyelid, which was before 2016, is a bit of an odd story. You see, I had to go and pick up my daughter from her school at the time and needed to leave quite early in the morning, so had a restless night not wanting to oversleep. I woke up around 3am after falling asleep around 1.30am to go to the toilet and was still in my sleep. Not sleepwalking, just in my sleep. You know the one where you are up but the brain is still in bed. So all was fine until walking through the hall to go back to the bedroom. With the hall light off so not to wake anyone, I got to the bedroom door and walked straight into the edge of the door frame, which cut my eyebrow. <laughs> I laugh now, but it definitely was not funny at the time. I had to go back to the bathroom to sort it out, as I felt something running down my face. So much for not waking anyone up, as the bang was so loud it woke up my partner. Now a few months after that is when a white patch started to appear where the scar is and got bigger around my eyebrow area with a lighter patch over my eyelid. In fact, looks a bit like a second degree burn. 
to the point that when people ask me about it and I explain it to them, they usually tell me that they thought it was a burn. I have to say, it would be very interesting to hear from anyone actually who has noticed something similar where you have lost hair or had an injury in that area or areas and notice light patches developing. Let me know in the comments section if something like that has happened to you. Anyway, back to my partner's doctor. He saw the patch which was on my eye and asked what was happening with it and if my doctor was giving me any treatment for it. I told him my doctor still thinks it's vitiligo, which I do not agree with. I showed the doctor the top of my head and he said he can't treat or diagnose me, but would I mind if he had a look at some options as to what it could be? I said it would be fine. So he started having a look on his computer. He was a good doctor. He was kind like that. So he looked at vitiligo, compared what mine looked like with it and said, no, it doesn't look like that. Then looked at a few other possibilities and ruled out each one. After around 15 minutes of checking, he mentioned that he has a dermatologist in the surgery that day. And could he ask her to come and have a look? I agreed without hesitation. And she came in and while having a look, asked me a few questions. Do the patches hurt? To which I said, yes. Have I noticed if I am sensitive to sunlight? Again, I said, yes. Have I been diagnosed with anything currently? I said, yes, alopecia and depression. And my doctor thinks the patches are vitiligo, but I disagree with that. Now, as my partner was the last patient of the day, it wasn't affecting anyone else. The dermatologist said she has an idea what it could be, but needs to check first and get back to me. So my partner's doctor told me that if it was okay with me, he will let my partner know, to which I agreed and thanked him and the dermatologist and we left. That same evening, after we left the doctors, my partner got a message saying what they think it could be and I should have a look and then have a talk with my doctor with a link to a website for me to view. I copied the link and looked it up on my phone at first and what I saw looked familiar but wanted to see it on a bigger screen. So went and looked on my laptop. Well, when I took a proper look on that website and saw the images, it was exactly the same as me. I started reading the symptoms and what some people with it were feeling. Again, that was me. That website is called the Lupus Foundation of America. Well, to cut a long story short, I booked an appointment with my doctor, went in, showed him the link. He looked at it and I insisted on seeing a specialist because now I have proof that it could not be vitiligo. He told me that as I was insisting on being referred to a specialist, he would book me an appointment with a hospital which had a dermatology department. Yeah, pity he didn't do that the first time. Once the appointment came through, I went to the hospital and they did a biopsy on the patch on my arm and took some bloods. I was soon called back into the hospital 
and they confirmed I have LE. And the version I have is discoid lupus erythematosus. I thank God that he put us all together at the same time. If not for the Lord, I would still have no lupus diagnosis and my doctor would still be convinced that I have vitiligo. So finally, I had a diagnosis that made sense and could get treatment for, which is not always a good thing, by the way, and I'll come to that later. The hospital gave me two sets of creams. Better Mephazone, Valorate, a potent topical cortis, corticosteroid, get my mouth around that one, and Trachylimus monohydrate ointment, another one to get my mouth around. These medications do have side effects, but we'll talk about those in a future episode. Part of the learning about lupus, depression and alopecia made me see that all are part of the same thing which is my lupus condition. This also includes, in my case, for weight loss, deep ongoing fatigue, brain fog, my memory playing tricks on me when it's ready, the loss of appetite, low moods, low energy, joint aches, headaches. So that was how I eventually found out I have lupus. It was a very big weight off my mind when finally getting that diagnosis because it was a big relief to be able to say these patches and everything else was due to my condition, which is discoid lupus, erythematosus. For a brief moment, I actually felt happy because I now have a correct name for my condition. How did you feel when you got your diagnosis? In closing, keep pushing for those answers and do not give up. For those of you who have a friend or family member with these or other symptoms, give them support and help them to find the right diagnosis. If you believe you have lupus and are getting nowhere with your doctor, do not give up. Keep pushing your doctor to refer you to a specialist that is capable of diagnosing this condition. The tests are relatively quick and simple to confirm if you have lupus or not. Your doctor cannot guess and certainly shouldn't be playing guessing games with your health. The longer it takes them to diagnose something or to do something about it, the longer it takes for you to start getting treatment for your condition. So many people I speak to who have lupus have had the same problem where they have to convince doctors to take them seriously and do something. Remember, do not give up. Because the fact is, you and your health matter. Thank you for listening to the Men and Lupus podcast. Please subscribe so you do not miss any episodes. And please leave a rating and review because that will help with the podcast positioning. If you use the Podbean app, which is available on Android and iOS, you will also be able to listen and comment in real time to my live episodes. May your hearts be filled with love, happiness, faith and peace.
God bless you all.